In scripture, God is often depicted as the loving Father, Abba, as Jesus called him in Hebrew. God the Father is the one who is waiting for us to come home. The Gospel story of the prodigal son beautifully portrays God's abundant love and mercy for his children. As the story begins, the younger son takes his portion of his inheritance, leaves the father, and travels to a distant land, where he proceeds to carelessly squander his family's fortune. After spending all of his inheritance, the son is tired and hungry. He finally comes to his senses and says to himself, I need to go home. Yet the son feels he no longer deserves to be called or treated like the father's son. He believes his actions cannot be forgiven. The father, meanwhile, never gave up hope. With a father's love, he waited patiently for his son to return home. Then finally, his prayers were answered when one day he saw his son approaching. And while still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran out, put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you and heaven. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father would hear none of this. The father said to his servants quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. In this parable story of family love and mercy and forgiveness, God is our father and we are the prodigal child. This beloved gospel story is our story. Who among us has not walked away from God at one time or another in our life? Who hasn't squandered the divine grace on allurements and trappings of this passing world just like the prodigal son? Consider your own life for a moment. Maybe you have drifted away from your faith in search of something more meaningful. Or maybe you are at odds with certain members of your family and now you feel alienated and left out. Whatever the situation may be, are you ready to come home? Are you ready to take that first step back to God? Are you prepared to heal your broken relationship with your family and with the Lord? Our encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist not only offers us spiritual healing, but it gives us the grace to offer healing to others. Like the father in the prodigal son story, many of us are waiting for our family members to come back home, to come back home to the church. We all know someone who has drifted away from their faith, who is estranged from their family, or maybe is living a lifestyle that is in opposition to our Christian lifestyle. As prodigal parents, we are waiting at the top of the hill for our children to come home. The first step home for our prodigal sons and daughters can manifest itself in many ways. So be open to the promptings of the spirit. Perhaps it will come in a, a common question about the church's teaching or an unexpected conversation about God over a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. Or perhaps it'll be a question about divorce and annulments in the church. 
our role as the prodigal parent is to reconnect with our lost family members with mercy and compassion, not judgment. When a moment of grace occurs, speak with love and openness to the heart of the person you are addressing. Let others see Jesus in your presence. This is not always easy to do, but our encounter with the merciful heart of Jesus in the Eucharist gives us the strength to reach out to welcome our family members home with the love and mercy of God. In the parable of the prodigal son, the father waited at the top of the hill each and every single day for his son to return. And when he saw him far off in the distance, the father ran out to meet him. He didn't wait for his son to show up and ring the doorbell. And the father didn't make the son apologize for his past actions, nor did he chastise him for his sinful ways. Rather, with a heart bursting with love, the father ran out and embraced the son and celebrated their reunion. This is how we are called to live as Christians, and it is our encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist that can give us the courage to forgive others. God's love is so intense for us that he sent his only son, Jesus, who suffered and died on the cross in order to restore our covenant relationship with the Lord. And Jesus, out of love for us, gave us the gift of his very self in the elements of bread and wine. What great love God has for his people. The Eucharist is first and foremost a sacrament of healing because it makes present the once and for all perfect sacrifice of Christ at Calvary. The church teaches us, and I quote, that the body of Christ we receive in Holy Communion is given up for us and the blood we drink shed for the many for the forgiveness of sins. For this reason, the church says, Eucharist cannot unite us to Christ without at the same time cleansing us from past sins and preserving us from future sins. Did you know this precious gift of forgiveness awaits you at the altar table? Forgiveness of sins? Now, Eucharist does not take the place of sacramental reconciliation, for that is reserved for the greatest of sins, mortal sins, which severs our relationship with God. But if we are in the state of grace, in other words, if we are in a loving relationship with Jesus, then when we receive communion, our venial sins can be forgiven and we can receive the grace to sin no more. In order to experience the Lord's mercy and forgiveness, our hearts must be open to receiving God's grace, and we must be sorry for our sins. In other words, grace is like an affair of the heart through which God shows us his love, and we respond in love. Sin weakens our graced and loving relationship with God. When we seriously sin and we fall with full knowledge out of grace, we essentially break off our relationship with God. But God loves us so much and we can restore our relationship with him through the sacrament of reconciliation. As sons and daughters of God, our daily actions can also offend the Lord in less serious ways. These offenses called venial sins 
arise out of our human weakness and our propensity to sin. While these actions are hurtful to the Lord, they do not sever our relationship with him, and thus we remain in the state of grace. When we are enjoying a graced relationship with our Lord, each time we come to the Eucharistic table, we have an opportunity to receive an experience of spiritual healing, including the forgiveness of venial sins because we are uniting ourselves to the sacrificial heart of Jesus. For this to happen, we must approach the altar table with hearts that are sorry for our sins. Right before we receive communion, the priest holds up the consecrated host, the real presence of Jesus, to the gathered assembly, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are they who are called to the supper of the Lamb. And we respond, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Jesus did more than say the word. He was the word. And this word of God died on the cross for our sins. Nothing more needs to be done. As we approach the table of the Lord, let us come forward with hearts that are sorry for our sins, remembering that our encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist has the power to heal us of our venial sins and to give us the grace to sin no more. In the Eucharist, it is Jesus who gave us the gift of his body and blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant shed for the many for the forgiveness of sins. What does it mean to live as a person of the new and everlasting covenant? Our life lived in covenant with God is one that invites us to forgive others as we have been forgiven, to love one another as our Lord has loved us, not to judge, but to love and to reconcile with God and one another. To eat and drink of the body and blood of Christ is to conform our human heart to the compassionate heart of Christ. To live in covenant with God is to allow the Eucharist to heal us of our sins, to heal us of our blind judgments, our imperfections, our woundedness, so that we can go and sin no more. At this table, it is Jesus who calls you. Come, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come, you who are broken, and I will make you whole again. Come to the table, take and eat, take and drink, all of you, for this is my body and this is my blood.